Welcome back to Your 1230, the only podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of 12 questions in just 30 minutes. I'm your host, Mike Salitro, and today we are thrilled to be joined by Derek Long. Derek served in the Army from 2010 to 2014, and after leaving the military, went to college at Northern Arizona University and received a degree in global marketing. Uh, from there, Derek worked with the FBI translating Russian documents, but realized that there was more to life and started searching on how to become an investor. This is where Derek started experimenting in notes and has been a private lender since. Derek has done a large range of uh, notes from equity appreciation, second lien notes to the traditional first lien and more. As of today, Derek works with Quest Trust Company as a senior IRA specialist and on a government relations committee where he researches tax code and new bill law changes at the Congress level as well. Derek, welcome. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. I'm excited to be here. You got it. And not that I want to uh, say my reading skills aren't great, but I struggle to get through that bio because there's so many things in there. And you do <laughs> a lot of stuff that uh, is very interesting, but I don't think most people know. So when you run into somebody new or meet somebody, how do you describe what you do? I always tell them I'm the most boring guy in the room. I swear, that's what I always say. And it's because if you look at my current job, right, and what my real role is, I do research IRS revenue code, IRS publications, court cases. I look at new bills and laws, and I get to speak in front of Congress. Now, as cool as sometimes people think that is, the Congress speeches, all right, guys, we're talking about HR 2914. Please turn to page 33, section 2. Like, you know, it's the most boring thing you could ever imagine. But I get to do it because I can memorize a lot of numbers at the same time. So I'm, I kind of had a natural ability for it. So I always tell people I'm the most boring guy in the room, but it has given me a unique ability to understand retirement accounts to like the 10th level of a degree. So I also get to teach tax attorneys and CPAs and they get their credits from someone like myself, you know, in those areas. So. I'm going to challenge that you're the most boring guy in the room because I, I don't, from our conversations, I don't believe that. And just even from the description of, of what you just went over, I, I don't think that you can be the most boring guy and, and do all of those things. But we'll we'll figure that out by the end of our half hour. Um, so what, what I find most interesting is that not that anybody can do this, but this is information that's out there. So you're researching it and it has a very incredible value when it's used properly and even more so when it's leveraged in your uh, in your favor. So how did you discover that this was something you could do, something that you'd be good at, and then ultimately something that you could help other people do as well? Well, honestly, indirectly. So what happened is uh, all the way back in 2008, I tried to start a restaurant and failed miserably. Like I just, just got destroyed. And uh, it had nothing to do with the real estate market and stuff like that. It was just, I just I was too young and didn't know what I was doing. But at that same time, my dad set me up a Roth IRA. And my dad, every time he did an investment, he would partner my Roth IRA with his. And over the next, and I'm not exaggerating when I say 10 years, he made me sign documents and fill things out for him, right? Just so I would see what he's doing. And every time I received income, it'd go back to my retirement account. And it was all tax-free. Well, what ended up happening was, I'm struggling to start this business. I'm struggling when I join the military and I'm going through college. I'm trying to figure out where to work. And this whole time, my dad keeps showing me, hey, you're making money over here. And I finally like was like perked up and was like, all right, 
there has to be something to that because I haven't done anything with that in 10 years. And I'm still receiving income. So what is it? And that's when I honestly completely changed my approach and realized that, hey, maybe that old man is smarter than I thought he was. <laughs> you know, we're laughing, but I think that's the light bulb moment for most people. And some people never actually get there, that it is possible to earn income outside of trading my time for a direct payment. And yeah. that sounds foreign to some and to others. Like, of course, that's how that's how you can leverage wealth because you can only work so many hours. You can only do so many things during your day. But if you have vehicles set up where you're getting paid when you're not working or when somebody else is doing it, or even better, when there's uh, interest that's a, that's appreciating on a compound, you know, compound interest, that's what uh, you know you can see some real uh, dividends and payment from. Uh, I don't want to skip over what was the restaurant and why it didn't work out. Well, no. So um, I, I thought I had a foolproof plan, you know, one of those things where you're like, oh, this is perfect. So uh, it was in Ocala, Florida, and I was going to open up and it was called Crocs. Right. And what it was, was a uh, like a Chuck E. Cheese or a Peter Piper, you know, depending on where you are across the country. And it was going to be this little pizza place with the games and everything. And I did a lot of research. I chose Ocala, Florida, because at the time there was 12 to 13 elementary schools and not a single type of Chuck E. Cheese place. Right. Uh, I found a video game company that would come in and they would rotate the games out. I actually am really good at making pizza. So if you ever want, like I can do all the tricks and everything. And I, I enjoy it. My wife makes fun of me because uh, for it. And I found two investors. We bought a Walgreens building, right? And no debt. So we bought the building in total. And we are going to rehab it and go through all these motions and start this restaurant. Well, obviously when we did this, we had to make a press release about it. Within 30 days of the press release, Chuck E. Cheese bought the building across the street. We're able to fully rehab it, open it up with full running employees and everything. Wow. So what ended up happening is I had to give my investors a choice. Hey, look, we own the building. We can just shut everything down right now. And we're going to break even. We wouldn't lose any money or we choose to fight them. Now, ultimately, this was their choice because I was the guy running it. They're the ones supplying all the capital and the capital was you know, really all tied up in the real estate. And they chose, well, hey, look, let's just cut our losses, right? Because all so far, all we lost is time. We didn't really lose any money since we owned the real building. Well, that worked well for them. So that's what we did. Screwed up my credit. That's why I joined the army, you know? <laughs> and I went into a whole bunch of debt. What I learned from it, though, was it wasn't just the restaurant itself. It was the real estate. What bailed us out was actually owning the real property. So we can think of it as, hey, I wanted to run this business. I want to go through all this other stuff. But what saved us in the end was owning actual real estate. And I think that's where I started to, the first time I noticed there's something different there as well. So, hey, good learning lesson. So we're not even close to half an hour. And I'm going to just declare now, there's no chance that story can be part of your background. And you are the most boring guy pretty much in any room because one, it's incredible. Two, you tell it so humbly. I think a lot of people would say, woe is me. I can't believe this happened to me. But you couched it as this didn't work out and we're expecting some restaurant I say failure. that today. At, in, at, in the moment, <laughs> boy, I was... It was the worst thing in the world, you know, like that was the low, you know, and I think all of us have to have that low. And unfortunately, even if and if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're in that low point in your life, that's OK. Everyone has been there. And the only way you learn from it is you figure out how to get yourself out of it. 
And it might take you a year. It might take you a couple of years. It might even take you a decade. But once you start to get out of it, you don't go back. And I think that's what's really unique. You might still have some downtimes, but but you never get back to that low. And there's always a climb up after that. And so. And, and that that's that's the piece that you figured a way out, given the very adverse circumstances that were no fault of your own. And you also took away that this piece of real estate that we consequently had was not the main investment, was really the saving grace for us going forward. And you've now uh, turned that into a way to leverage income for many others. Uh, before, we, before we get there, I do wanted to ask about working with the FBI. Uh, as much as you can talk about it, how did sure. that happen? And what 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 was it like uh, being Ooh. being in those walls? Yeah, well, when I was in the Army, I had a, a security clearance because I was a Apache mechanic. And so when I left, I joined, uh, I went to college and used my GI Bill for college. And I had some buddies of mine from the army that started working with the FBI. So they got me in. And uh, I was actually just an intern is really what it was. But you, their internship is different than like what you think of. It's six months and you go through an interview every single month until at the very end of it, you're like a full-blown agent. Now, when you hear the term translating Russian documents, I always joke, my marketing team likes to make it sound cool. It was, here. here's a receipt. What is this? I'm like, they ordered a piece of bread. Like, you know, it's not like what you think. Okay. <laughs> it was super boring, but I'll never forget it is uh, my section sergeant. His name was Sergeant Reno in the army. And uh, he joined the FBI and I knew him when I first started in the army. And he's the one that really helped get me into that section and got me my interviews. So when I interviewed with him on a monthly basis, it's just friends talking. Like I've been there and, you know, we've been downrange and we're drinking beers and, you know, we've like, it wasn't the same type of interview, like what you're thinking, you know, but what ended up happening is I got to my final interview and uh, I go, Hey man, I just, I got to be upfront with you. A lot of what I'm experiencing right now in the FBI is the same as my experience in the army. Every aspect of my life is controlled. I, I can't do anything that I want to do, right? This is more than just a job. Like when you work a nine to five job, at the end of the day, you still go home and you do your thing. You don't do that when it's government work. And he goes, you know, it's not going to change, Derek. And that's what he told me. And uh, he's like, and he told me the saddest story I think I've ever heard. And it, it stuck with me to this day. He said, I've been married twice. I've been divorced twice. None of the kids currently live with me. And I right now work 60 hours a week because this job is really all I have. I'm being forced to retire in two years because of my age. And I don't know what I'm going to do after that. And I said, you know what? This job isn't for me. And I actually just, and I left. I didn't finish my final interview. And uh, just, I didn't know what I was going to do, to be honest. And luckily I found Quest and I found the real estate side. I found the IRA side and I found something not only that I'm good at, but I'm passionate in as well. That's a, that's an incredible story. One that he was so honest and candid with you uh, because you know, you would think that they would want to hold on to somebody working like that and would tell you whatever you wanted to hear, but that's not the case. And that too, for the second time today, you told a story where you drew an insight and maybe not in the moment, but it was like, I need to do this because I am going down a path that it's going to be very adverse if I keep on it, which for any age, impressive. Yeah. Well, so I think it was easier when I was in the FBI side of things to go into that interview because A, I was still in college, right? So understand it's like an internship type thing. And I still had other job opportunities, and I knew how miserable military life was. And it looked like it was the exact 
same lifestyle. And it really was, it might've been a step up, but it's, it's still government work, you know? And I was like, man, that's not for me. I'm too call it free spirited or something like that. Like I, I want to, I'd rather fail at the business than just sit here and work 10, nine to five. So last time I'll say it, but you can't call yourself free spirited, be entrepreneurial and also be the, the boring guy. So we're <laughs> going to stop. We're going to stop referring to you as that right now. <laughs> uh, but I want to talk about what you do at Quest. But before we get there, I want to talk about your range of skills because you obviously are excellent at putting together research and then pulling together action plans and projects from that research. Uh, you were in a mechanic uh, for helicopters, which most people are not, cannot do. Uh, and you mentioned being able to memorize large or many numbers as well as, oh, by the way, you speak Russian. So these are, I don't see a relate, related uh relation between all of them, but help me understand how you can do all these things and how you're utilizing them today. Um, I'm a nerd. I joke with people, but uh, <laughs> so I was always the goofy nerdy kid in school. All right. I like language. I, I, I'm right now trying to learn Spanish. I know a little bit of Urdu. Uh, you know, I, uh, I want to learn real Latin. And the reason I want to learn it is because of Indiana Jones. He was my hero growing up, right? Which then led to Han Solo as well. Like, I'm a freaking dork, man. And because of that, though, I was always that nerdy kid. I think I just, I was always the guy that would, I'd rather read a textbook than read Harry Potter, you know? And that was just me. I don't know. I'm really good with math. And uh, I love that side. On the mechanic side, when I was 16, my grandpa, uh, so when I was about 14, my grandpa bought this old, ugly, beat up pickup truck like no engine. It was like, it was just a body. And between 14, all the way up to 16, my grandpa made me wake up with him every morning on Saturday and we would work on it. And I hated it. I hated waking up early and doing it. Like I did, but I, it helped me really understand the mechanical side of things. And on my 16th birthday, he handed me the keys and said, here's your truck. Right. And now I built this car. I built this vehicle and I was with my grandpa and it was a great memory that I made. And that mechanical skill kind of turned over to being really good with my hands from that side due to my grandpa. So honestly, I think it's really about who you surround yourself with. A lot of people aren't as fortunate as me. I had parents that loved me, right? I had a grandpa that was looking out for me. I have my dad who was really big into the investing side of things. So I kind of got really lucky in that aspect. I think a lot of people don't have that. So if I didn't take advantage of it, shame on me. You know, and if I don't recognize that I was at least lucky enough to be given that, that's also a problem as well. So. Okay. Well, thank you for tying that together. That is one of the best gifts that you can have, especially since you worked on it, did not look forward to working on it and then realized, Hey, all of my hard work paid off and I have something amazing because of it. And I spent some real quality time with my grandfather. So that's, that's a great story. Um, so let's talk about what you do with Quest today. So most people know IRAs, 401ks, any kind of retirement, Roth IRAs we talked about as, this is money I put aside for when I turn 65. And that's about all they know about it. My company might match. I don't see it. Taxable, non-taxable. It has some benefits. I, I would venture a guess that that's the level of understanding most people have. But clearly, um, that's not all there is to know. So how do you, how do you, inform people and how do you help them better leverage uh, this very valuable asset that most people are not? 
So the first thing to understand is a lot of times when I'm going to refer to everything as a retirement account, this is because 401k is actually not what you think it is. A 401k is actually part of the tax code. So you can look up IRS revenue code 401 comma K, and that brings up a qualified retirement plan, which is what you have at your company. Same thing for a 457, a 403B, a TRS, TSP, et cetera, right? So everything or IRA doesn't matter. They all have their own individual section in the IRS tax code. So let's just call it all a retirement account. If I look up what the IRS says your retirement account is, they call it a tax exempt trust. That's it. So every time you set up a new retirement account, it is considered a tax exempt trust. That is huge. So what can I invest my trust in? Anything. And people don't realize that. Why? It's because they've been sold something. Well, if I set up this IRA, this 401k, this whatever it is at Fidelity, Fidelity only lets me invest in XYZ. Charles Schwab only lets me invest in XYZ, right? And it doesn't matter. You call it stocks, bonds, CDs, mutual funds, annuities. And not that any of those are bad, but what people didn't realize is you can invest in anything. And I do mean anything. We see people invest their retirement accounts in startup businesses. Hey, my buddy wants to start up this company and we're going to invest in that. We see people use their retirement accounts to invest in things like cryptocurrency, gold and silver. Me, I use mine for real estate, right? Why? Because I like real estate. I'm familiar with it. And the problem is, is people didn't ever realize you could use one of these accounts and invest it where you want. Now, we call it self-directed IRAs. And you'll hear this term. That term is made up. It's just a marketing term. So what happens if I call it a self-directed IRA and I use my self-directed IRA for real estate, Charles Schwab goes, hey, well, we have a self-directed IRA too, but we let you self-direct it in stocks. Fidelity says, hey, we have a self-directed IRA too. We let you self-direct it in mutual funds. Which one's better or worse? Neither. It's what do you want to invest in? So first off, if you have a retirement account, understand that you can invest that retirement account in anything. We see people right now doing a lot of what I call syndications, investing in those multifamily deals, those storage units, those senior living facilities or hotels, someone raising capital, right? So I think that's the biggest aspect. First off is realizing the retirement account can invest into anything. If you ask your financial advisor and they say, no, it can't, it's because they're selling you their assets. They're selling you their investments. Talk to a different financial advisor and they're going to tell you something different. So I think the big takeaway there is if you get nothing, I mean, it would be impossible to get nothing from, from your stories because it's you, you have got so much to add, but your retirement accounts, specifically the self-directed retirement accounts, can be invested in anything. It depends on the, the vehicle and then how you set that up. And if you're told something differently, it's either because there is a lack of knowledge or more likely that there is somebody who's trying to sell you something uh, and is not perhaps looking out for your uh, best interest fully. Um, so I, that's how kind of we connected. We were on a, um, a webinar together and you presented for an hour and I was blown away both at the level of knowledge, the level of opportunity that is out there. And then, as I said, most people don't know this is even a thing that I can do all of these. Uh, you know, I'm starting a business, cryptocurrency, real estate with my retirement. I thought I had very limited options. Um, the other part that was both 
of that presentation and of your bio was um, utilizing notes. If you could talk a little bit about that and just give some basic information and if somebody uh, knows what a note is and that that's kind of it, what, what else, what else could they know and how do you uh, work with your clients on those? Well, I personally like notes in my retirement account because they're not really active. When I think of an, a retirement account, it's designed to build me money for when I'm older, right? In the future. So I want to put it in something that's really passive, something that I know I can get a monthly check or a quarterly check at least, something that's consistently giving me money and I can see it going up and up and up, right? Well, that's where notes really, I think, is the perfect vehicle for any type of retirement account. The reason why is most of the time a note is just me being the bank and I'm going to lend someone money. That's it, right? And we call it a promissory note because it's a promise to pay. Now, if I'm going to lend you money, I, as the lender, am going to make up my own rules. And I know it sounds weird, but if I want to lend Mike money, well, Mike, what do you want to pay me an interest rate? Let's call it 1% a month. I'm a sales guy, so that means 12% a year. I call it 1% a month to make it sound good. You know? Well, great. Now Mike's going to pay me 1% a month on my money. But what happens if Mike doesn't pay me back? Well, then let's go ahead and before I give you this money, what can be the collateral? And so this is where it's really up to you. Most of the time, we think of collateral as the property. If I'm lending someone money, that means that they're going to go ahead and pay me back. And if they don't pay me, I get to keep this house, right? And we think that from a banking standpoint, because that's why we borrow money from the bank to buy our homes. But it doesn't have to be. We see people actually collateralize notes sometimes with vehicles, like a title to a car. We've seen medical equipment. We've seen some really unique things like a, a personal guarantee and garnishing wages of aspects. So really, I like notes because not only is it something that you can have a lot of control in, but there's a lot of different forms of security you have that can really honestly just protect your assets. The last part of it is if I put my money in the stock market, what makes the stock go up in value? Oh, right. what makes it go down in value? I don't know. It doesn't make it a bad investment but I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, I own stocks and I believe maybe in a company, but I don't have any control over the company. Notice when I invested in the note and I did a note, I lent someone money, I made the rules. Maybe I don't want to charge 12%. Maybe I'm going to charge 8%. Why? Well, maybe I know the individual or maybe it's going to be a longer term asset, right? Maybe I want to charge what we call origination fees or points, which is just a percentage of the note up front. Maybe... I want to charge some fees for drafting up the proper attorney documents. Whatever it is, you and I, <clears throat> excuse me, you and I get to kind of negotiate that. I can't do that when I'm putting my money in the stock market. So I love notes for multiple different reasons because A, it's actually a lot simpler than people think. B, the passive income that I see come in consistently. And C, I have so much more control over it than I do being in the public market. Thank you for that uh, very helpful description. A couple of things I wrote down because uh, they spoke to me when we first connected and I think they're important to echo. Uh, I'll sit down with borrowers and especially when they are buying a property or they are uh, refinancing a mortgage. It's again, like, I've got to you know pay my mortgage. This is what I own. It's actually, you know, the mortgage is a security instrument that ties the house to the loan. And it's the promissory note that says, I promise to pay this amount on this date for this amount of time. And that's what you're investing in is the note, the, the promise to repay. And you mentioned the other source of collateral, which are good to know about. And the big thing, and I spoke with Tanya on, on the show a few episodes back about when you can be the bank 
be the bank because investing investing in real estate is great and it sounds wonderful and people want to know how many doors you have and do you have multifamily commercial yes that's for certain type of investor and if that's who invested great but if you can be the bank you don't have to worry about all that comes along with that you have the monthly or quarterly payment of here is the principal here's the interest this is this is what i'm looking for ultimately in my investment a return and you have a uh, number that you can target and likely see each each pay period so Absolutely. thank you for the, very helpful there if somebody has money in any of these uh, self-directed retirement accounts or any retirement accounts and wants to get started, where can they get started on this? So I always tell people, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> I always tell people they can email me or give us a call. I think we are the last financial institution in the world that doesn't use an automated system, right? So you can call our office, we'll actually answer and it's questtrustcompany.com. The phone number would be 855-FUN-IRAs. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> All right. Um, if you want a direct line, it's 281-492-3434. But honestly, guys, if you just go to the website, questtrustcompany.com, you'll see there's a plenty of places to sign up for free consultations. No one's there to sell you on anything because we don't have any assets to sell. It's all education and it's all free. And I can verify because I actually did not schedule our initial call correctly and we had different dates and times. So I called the office and I spoke to some very pleasant folks and getting me in touch with Derek and it was very easy and seamless. So if you are out there and you want to talk to Derek, any of these methods will get in touch with him. I'll put that information in the show notes for sure. Uh, Education is a big piece of what we've talked about today, what you do, and is kind of the foundation for how you got started in all of these things. Is with the tax code being a, I want to call it a living, breathing thing, but something that's always going to change, how much of your time is spent keeping up on what's happening now, what's likely to happen, and then what is actually going on? I would say at least a solid eight to 10 hours a week. Okay, so a full day's worth of work where I'm consistently reading things, whether it's a new court cases, studying old court cases, looking for new things. Right now, we've been doing a lot of studying on the Secure Act 2.0. So um, just because that was the most recent bill that passed that affects retirement accounts. So what ends up happening is people don't realize this, but uh, pretty much when a bill gets passed, it takes effect almost immediate. So this bill was passed on December 26th and took effect January 1st. And people expect us to be the experts immediately. It's like, oh, good luck, you know? Well, the reason why is because it can affect your taxes. It can affect, do I get more tax deductions or less tax deductions? Can I put in more money or less money, right? Like, and there's a lot of these questions people need to ask. So someone like myself, I actually sit through and I have to read the full thousand page bill document. Now, if you ever sit down and try to read a bill or IRS tax code, it says, please, as you start to read something, it says, referencing section 549111, you know, so I got to read this and I got to jump back and then I got to read this and I got to jump back. So it does take a lot of time. Uh, however, it's not as bad as people think. And so what we try to do is break it down. I say, put it in English for individuals and really make it easy. I think you're again, being humble and overly kind when you say not as bad as people think, because when you're staring at a thousand page document that's written 
as Bill. Uh, one, it's dense reading. And two, as you reference, each page will refer to another document or a previous law or something else that's written that you've got to find and research and compare. So it's not just as simple as reading a thousand pages. It's comparing multiple documents. So uh, you give I give you credit when you say that, but it is more difficult than just kind of slogging through it. Well, see, the thing is, the more you do it, the more it starts to become repetition, right? And so when it says, please reference, you know, IRS publication 590-B, right? And well, if anyone's out there listening, you can fact check me and stuff like that. But if you go to IRS publication 590-B, right, that's about all taking distributions from retirement accounts. If you go to page 34, page 34 will give you a chart of your Roth distributions when they're tax-free. Page 33 talks about ordering rules. Page 66 talks about the uniform life expect. Like, well, the reason I know all this is because I do it that often, you know? So when I'm reading these and it says IRS publication 590-B, I go, okay, boop, boop, and I can keep going only because I have read it that often. And so it's, for me, I guess it's not as bad, but it's because I get to go through all the training with it. <laughs> Well, tying back to the education piece and that you are uh, you are training others on this material is that there are plenty of people in their certain fields that are experts, whether finance, accounting, legal, but they have a very difficult time, A, communicating what they know to anybody else in a way that can be understood, and B, doing it in a way it's like, not only is he teaching or helping me, I like this guy. I want to work with this guy. And you accomplished oh, both of those things. So I, I want to just put that out there that I, I mean, I, I find you incredibly likable and interesting in a way. It's like, I know he knows what he's talking about. He's helping me learn. And I want, I, I want to know more. So that is the underlying skill that I think that you've got that if, you know, if you want to get into this space that did you kind of give that reassurance that I know what I'm doing? I can help. I can help you. And here's multiple ways to do it. So well done. Um, I, I'm ranting, but I, I just want to get that out there. Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. You got it. So I'm going to change gears now. You mentioned being a big Indiana Jones fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I can ask this question. My parents' dog is Indy, named after Indiana Jones. So we are some level on that spectrum. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I try not to watch a ton of commercials, but during the Super Bowl, I noticed that there is a new film coming out. How do you feel there about that? Well, you know what? I wasn't a big fan of the last film. All right. Not that I didn't watch it 10 times. Okay. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I think in today's day and age, we're so focused on nostalgia and the media plays into the nostalgia aspect of it. Right. And they know if they can hit you with nostalgia, you're going to go back and you're going to watch it. You're going to do something along those lines. Right. Which is what they do with all the superhero movies is what they do with the video games or the, you know, the putting anything out there. So I think I would have preferred to either A, see a reboot of it or not at all. All that being said, of course, I'm excited to see the new Indiana Jones movie, man. I watched it. I looked at it. I was like, here's Harrison Ford. You know, he's he still looks good. I hope I look like that when I'm 80. Like, geez. <laughs> he's 80. Okay. I didn't realize that. And you know what I also didn't realize? When you had first mentioned Indiana Jones, I went back and was like, oh, I love those three movies. I had forgotten that there was a fourth until part of it was like, oh, yeah. See, everyone forgets about that. No, I never, no. I, I didn't see it because not, now I was taking any stand. I was like, yeah, you know, I I, I grew up wa alien. loving those three movies. Never, I haven't seen the fourth. I probably will skip this one, but uh, a reboot makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, we've talked a lot about a lot of things today, including you know what you do, what you've done before and how people can connect with you. 
What is something I didn't ask you that I probably should have today, Derek? Honestly, is if I had to stick with anything, I always tell people just get started. Right. And I don't care. And I don't mean that just from a retirement standpoint. I am a retirement expert. So I think I'm biased in that area. But a lot of times people ask me, like, well, where do I get started or what do I do? Doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Like, choose something that you are passionate in and start to become an expert in that area. Right. It, some people are like, well, I'm not really passionate in anything. Well, find something. I promise there's something out there that you're passionate in. You just haven't related to it yet. You know, and you can take that and you can relate it and make money on it. You really, really can. So for me, the way I did it was I, I always used to tell people I'm really passionate in making money, <laughs> right? Which I think everyone is, but that wasn't my real passion. My real passion was seeing growth. And I loved seeing that if I did X, Y, Z, I could watch this grow. So I think that was a big thing for me is I like to see the growth. And I can see this even when, uh, like me and my wife, we have a little garden. I suck at gardening, but I keep trying. I really do. Because I like to see the plants grow. And then I'm like, oh, hey, look, we got peppers, right? We spent more time, energy, and effort to grow a pepper than just going down to the store and buying it. But it's exciting to see. And I think once you can really harness that excitement, you can make a lot of money in anything. So find something you're excited about, right? And if that's real estate, guys, you can make a lot of money in real estate, right? A lot of you out there also have more money in a retirement account than your own checking account. So get good information and talk to people that are really educated in those areas so you can use that money and put it towards something you're passionate in. Great advice. The first getting started, I think that's the obstacle most of us will get stuck with is like, I don't know enough. I don't know what to do. Get started. And two, the retirement account versus the checking account, use that when you can to support that passion when it makes sense. So Derek, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute blast. Uh, I will hope to do this again and I look forward to it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mike. And make sure you guys, if you're liking these things, subscribe to the channel for him, right? These are great. It took a lot of time, energy, and effort from Mike's point to put this together. So thank you again for having me on here. <laughs>